You are listening to The Bobcast, a golfing podcast, brought to you by The Open Times. Welcome to The Bobcast, episode 19, our final episode for 2020. I'm Stephen Day, the Thinking Hamster's Guide to Golf. Fortunately for me, and more importantly you the listener, I'm joined by my golf-savvy colleagues Fiona Scott and Keith McIntyre. Hello everyone. Morning, Stevie. Hello, Stevie. Straight down to business. Bob's final flurry of 2020. How's it gone? Oh, yeah, I think bittersweet probably sums it up the best. Um, I think the whole of Oban was on the edge of their seats after his performance on Saturday. Um, he got himself within one shot of the lead. Uh, he was magnificent on Saturday, bogey-free 66, which is very unlike Bob. He always throws in lots of birdies and the odd bogey. Uh, got himself within, actually within a chance of winning the entire race to Dubai. Um, and the kind of form that he's been in since the beginning of November, he had really high hopes for the Sunday. And all of a sudden, his form deserted him on the Sunday. And he had his his worst round uh, in you know in about two months, which is a real shame. But uh, he eventually finished twenty third, I think. Fiona, is that right? I think he finished twenty third. Yeah. Um, but it shouldn't take away from what has been a, a, a fantastic end to the season for the guy. You know, he's had. I just I, I did this because we don't sadly have George here who's normally the anorak with the statistics uh, I thought I'd have a wee look at how he's performed since November and he's played 20 rounds, 5 tournaments, 20 rounds since the beginning of November and he's a combined 68 under par for those 20 rounds and that includes his poor show yesterday where he was 5 over par um, his average score per round is just over 68 it's been a, an incredible display of consistent golf over the last uh, a month and a half. It's just a shame he just lost it, lost form at that that last crucial minute. But a brilliant performance. It was a, it was a shame to see, but his quotes afterwards, Fiona, were were very philosophical. I thought definitely, yeah. It, you know, he did refer back to eight weeks ago when he, he said himself that he wasn't in a good place mentally. He's delighted with, you know, how far he's came since then Then and his, his performance. And, you know, he was happy with that. So, yeah, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it was a bit deflating yesterday, I have to say. I've got the whole family all psyched up to watch this. <laughs> You're about to see my wife, you know, you have to, you know, stick needles in her eyes to make her watch golf but I, I forced her to watch the golf yesterday and she wanted to switch off after he bogeyed the first two holes so. yeah, I think um, as you said everybody in Oban and the surrounding areas all over Argyll would have been the same, I mean all over Scotland because yeah. at the end of the day he's a Scottish golfer and, and he's well followed but you know you just got to sit back and take a look at you know how he's done especially this last uh, couple of months because that's a, that's a big schedule for him uh, you, you know and it's still fantastic and his, his ranking I mean speaks for itself it's, it's amazing I think you you'd asked me in the last podcast and I wasn't actually sure of the answer whether he could actually mathematically still win the race to Dubai and it wasn't until uh, I think it was Thursday when he, he, he had a decent round on Thursday and he suddenly got himself to the top of the leaderboard 
and it actually showed he could still win the race to Dubai, which was incredible. He, he needed other players to finish further down the field, but mathematically it was still possible, you know, and that, I mean, talk about life-changing if that had happened, not just the money, but all the prestige that went with it. So we kind of lived the dream for three days at the weekend and then it just all fell apart on Sunday. You've got to remember, this guy's only 24-year-old. Yes. Uh, you know, he's got a lifetime ahead of him and, you know, if he, he keeps it up. And this has been a difficult year. Hopefully, when he goes, you know, his season starts up again, we'll be hopefully back to normal. So there's a lot to come from Bob. I'm glad, Definitely. I'm glad you did that stat thing to say where he'd been sitting and what he'd been doing. Because as a non-golfer, you know, I could see that he didn't have a good day yesterday. But mm-hmm. just to re-echo what you've said, what a, what an achievement right through. And to be cool-headed enough to be able to come out with these comments and know that it wasn't good and know it wasn't this and no one got the but we'll be back. And fantastic. I think he learned a lot from playing with Patrick Reed yesterday. I mean, Patrick Reed is, uh, he's not everyone's favourite golfer. There's a lot of contra- controversy that surrounds Patrick Reed, but Bob has spoken up on his behalf in the past. And he came off yesterday and he said, because Patrick Reed wasn't playing well yesterday, um, you know, and he's one of the best golfers in the world. Uh, but he managed to get a score together because he was just that little bit sharper around the greens. And Bob came off and said, I learned so much watching him where Bob might have ended up with a bogey because he was out position yesterday. He was watching Patrick Reed somehow conjure up birdies. Uh, and I think, you know, that in itself is a huge step forward that he recognises he knows what to do. He's clearly, you know, a bright he learns from the game. So I, I think all power to him. He's been he's been remarkable this year. And I think that's maybe what a lot of people tend to forget is that, you know, he's had such a meteoric rise uh, to fame in the in the golfing world that I mean, he only really started professionally in 2018. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he, he is still learning and he's, he's learning quickly. We've, we've seen that. I mean, he's 56th in the world now. So, yeah. you know, that's that's some learning curve. But he, he is still learning and, you know, it's yeah. it's promising. It's exciting for, for what he can bring. I'm not even 56th best golfer in Airdrie. <laughs> <laughs> And let's face it, it's not exactly been the ideal year for playing professional golf, has it? I mean, no, it's been no, it's not. without actually setting foot on the course. There's been the ups and downs of COVID, whether you're going to be there, whether you've got to isolate. And that's surely, well, it's affected everybody. But it's not as if he's had a crowd of supporters around him following him wherever he's gone. No, and and, and Bob likes that. He said that he likes that. He likes his contact with, you know, his team and his family and... You know, and uh, has you know had ups and downs mentally this this year. So um, to get through that and end up where he's ended ended up is absolutely fantastic. Here, here, Keith, are you ready for a challenge? Uh, yes, I saw you put this down, Stevie, and I, I got a chance to look at it about ten minutes ago, but ten minutes before we started this. So I am going to wing this beyond belief. All right, but what I what I wanted to do was test Keith's memory and we're going to go from January to November with the Bob highlights. So Keith, take it away for January. Uh, Dubai Desert Classic tied eighth and went to 65th in the world. And for February? 
made his, uh, well, it wasn't his debut. He played in the World Golf Championship in Mexico and was tied 42nd. Now, something happened in March. He Did he play golf in March? Well, he did. He, there was one tournament right at the beginning of March, the Qatar Masters, and he didn't have a great showing. He, he finished tied uh, 61st, and then the world ended. Which just brings us to April. Did anything happen? Yeah, COVID happened. So it was a nice cup of tea, some toast, sort of... Uh... Oh, I, well, from if, from to, from listening to Bob, he got right into the bike. He was doing these pelotons uh, to get himself fit. So I think that's how he spent his time. That was April, May, June, and July. No golf. Gosh, that's an easy that's an easy lot for you then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that was about you. I was pretty good with April to July. I was pretty <laughs> good on that. Nothing. <laughs> okay, then August. He made his debut in the USPGA, his second major, made the cut and tied 66th. Unfortunately, his world ranking fell to 81st. September. Another major, his third major, he made his debut at the US Open, which is a notoriously really difficult one, and he did brilliantly to make the cut. Uh, tied 56th, but again, other tournaments didn't go his way and his world ranking fell again to 89th. October. Uh, he had a decent showing in the Scottish Open where he tied 14th, but the rest of it was a bit not so good. And he was in real danger of falling out of the world's top 100. He dropped to 97th. And I suppose November brought nothing, really. Uh, nah, nothing <laughs> at all. Just just a victory, a third place in the sixth place and a European Tour Golfer of the Month. He, he was, uh, we've christened it the November to remember. Um, so that, that was when he suddenly rediscovered his form, working with his new caddy, uh, and rocketed back up the world rankings, back up to 61st, which at the time was a career high. So November was definitely one to, that ticked all the boxes. I think he's done really well for the year. Yep, de definitely. When you hear it laid out like that, you, you know, and his ups and downs and to be so down in uh, October and then pick himself back up for November, you know, it's just, it's amazing. I think what, you know, that when you look at people who've won Rookie of the Year, for every John Ram or Sergio Garcia that go on to make, you know, make massive careers for themselves, become global superstars, there's for every one of them, there's another who has one flash in the pan season and then drops away, never to be heard of again. And I think there was a real danger, not just looking from the outside in, but I would imagine Bob was starting to question himself when things weren't going quite his way. Um, but for him to recover and get himself back beyond where he was uh, after that stellar season last year just shows something about his mental strength. So absolutely tip my hat to the guy for what he's done to come back from that is fabulous well done bob <laughs> absolutely that's the sound of one hand clapping <laughs> you, you can't you can't clap with one hand steve uh keith whoever you are <laughs> how quickly they forget fiona eh? <laughs> suddenly i have a title for the episode <laughs> Now, I'm going to jump I jump her running order a little bit because, uh, Fiona, you'll be really pleased. You don't have to um, remember any of this. But back at the uh, beginning of season two, which we're on at the moment, 
George and Keith and I wrote in envelopes here. You can hear them rustling. It's good for radio, this. And we put our predictions for Bob for this year. Keith, do you... It was, it was world, world ranking, wasn't it? It was where he would finish in the world rankings, wasn't so. it? Um, do you remember, yeah. Keith? I have no idea, but what I would like to say, if you were to go back to the last Bobcast and where I was very distracted and watching him play live and he got himself to, I think, two or three under par at that stage, I predicted he was going to finish six under par when he was halfway through his round and he finished six under par. So given him one for one at the moment, I'd be very disappointed if I didn't predict 56 in this. Right, well, here we go. Opening the well-sealed envelope. I should have done this first and just put in a sound effect, shouldn't I? Okay, your prediction. World number 37. Right, well, I'm one for two now then, am I? I blame COVID. <laughs> now, I'm going to open mine. Just remember, you know, my knowledge of golf, I could have written anything. I'm slightly worried what I wrote, actually, but not as worried as what George wrote, because I don't know if I'll be able to read that out. Well, I'd written golf ranking number one. <laughs> I did for say you know nothing about golf, Stevie. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. I wish that had come true for many reasons. Right, George has one. Do we think this is safe? Well, you don't have to read it out if it's full of effing and blinding. Surely not. He sealed it well. One thing is guaranteed there'll be no money in it. <laughs> And George's prediction, 33. I I was closest. You were. I was miles away, but I was closest. So you win the fluffy microphone of the year, Keith. You can, you can keep Thanks. your microphone. Thank you. <laughs> right, well, our predictions are uh, so accurate, so uh, don't bet on us. But I think Fiona's predictions for her challenge are probably a wee bit more accurate, aren't they, Fee? <laughs> Well, I'm not going to become a global superstar uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but we're getting there. What have you been up to? Well, I've been down on SEAL. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know that listens into this, it's a, a little island connected to the mainland by a, a bridge that you can't see over and you take your life in your hands when you drive over it. So once I'd uh, negotiated that, particular obstacle I went down to Elinabec, beautiful little golf course, quirky golf course, full of full of fun and you know, just exciting holes to play. Uh, I didn't play a lot of them because a lot of them mean right over the water and I didn't think my ball was gonna get that far so I missed them out. One of the obstacles that was thrown up for me this time was winter mats. Keith winter mat what is that all about um they're, they're a good idea in theory they're designed to protect the fairways uh, during the winter when it's wet so because if you take a divot during the summer and you replace a divot um the divot will grow back again if you do that in the winter it will not grow back so you end up damaging the fairways so most clubs either have a rule that you must use a mat if you're on the fairway or either that or you have to move the ball from the fairway into the rough to play from that. It's just to protect the fairways. I hate them. Absolutely hate them with a passion. I would rather play from the rough than play with a mat. But they are they're a necessary evil in the winter in Scotland or you do untold damage to the fairways. Yeah, I was I wasn't liking them. 
probably probably for the reason that you know I'm just learning to play off grass, mm-hmm. and then you know this was this was thrown up. But I didn't do do too bad. And uh, Pat Mill was with me all the way. She's the secretary out in Seal, and she was fantastic. So, so we'll hear what Pat's got to say. Okay, so I'm sitting here down at. Uh, the beautiful Isle of Seal today with Pat Mill, who's assistant coach at Seal Golf Club. And secretary. And secretary. And anything else, Pat? <laughs> everything else. Um, yeah, so we eventually found a dry day. We've been trying for weeks to get this this done and for me to come down here. So we've got a dry day today and it's beautiful and lovely course. It's been great. So what did you think of my attempts today Pat and you're allowed to be honest you can be brutal if you want <laughs> well I think you did jolly well um, and I hope you did have a joyous day on the course here as you had other previously uh, I think that you managed to cope very well with our winter mats which make it very much more difficult to keep your eye on the ball and hit through and after playing the first and the second you certainly improved to come back down the third and hit a, you had a, a very nice drive on the third and a pitch up onto the third temporary green which is our ninth green at present and then across the water on the other side of the sea we we played holes number four seven and came back to nine across the quarry i think you're driving and you're pitching and you're chipping improved so I think you definitely need to stick in there and come back <laughs> thank you because yeah I mean to start with I, I, again I couldn't get get off the ground but I did find I've never used mats before so that was that was a strange one and I'm glad we did it because I didn't even realise there was winter mats so now I know and I know what to expect so That's that was right. a, another lesson yeah. learned today yes. at the 7th you also had to hit off a, a winter platform which is another different sensation but you did a, a beautiful drive off that so that was good and I noticed as well that every time we we're putting you have a very accurate putt and you have a good eye for the ball and obviously your bowling skills have gone to, have helped you there it's a lot of it I think Pat is relief that I've actually got made it to the pit yes. <laughs> but but yeah yeah I really enjoyed that and the course here it's like nothing I've played played yet it's c- c- can I call it quirky yes uh, it's lovely and I can imagine it'll be loads of fun yes it's a great fun course we are um, you know we're a small club of uh, 62 members and 15 juniors but um, despite this Covid restrictions we've also managed to keep our, our numbers up and improve them and also our visitor numbers have been up 50% this year after the course opened at the end of May so we're not too worried about our finances now as though we had previously been quite concerned as to how we would manage survive the year without too many members playing regularly but we've managed to break more than even and we're doing we're boding well for, the, for next year when hopefully the restrictions lift. Uh, we've also managed to uh, keep the place going very well the last couple of years using only a volunteer green staff um, overseen by our greenkeeper Mark McDougall and our uh, captain John Morgan. Uh, we have volunteer machinery maintenance engineers who help too and if it weren't for the, all the local 
uh, members here helping we wouldn't have such a beautiful course which we're very privileged to be able to play on and also our, anybody can walk on it but they have to abide by the rules here and take care they're not going to be in the danger of being hit and we have dog walkers that walk here we have a, a dog we have a supporters membership for dog walkers if they want to contribute to the upkeep of the course which is great oh well, that's a good idea that's yeah so we're and we're we now this year we have managed to uh, be awarded an rna charter of commitment to um support membership for abilities to for, you know to be to, uh, to allow a maximum participation for golfers of all ages uh, abilities and gender so there we have our membership as i say run to about 62 but we have them from age 7 to age 87 all able to play in this lovely course wow and we, we met some of them today me- yes members we had, and yes visitors. we had our four regular morning golfers out for their all retired who enjoy playing six holes or five holes or nine holes just depend or even 12 depending on how they're feeling or the weather conditions of the day yeah it's been lucky because they're end of november yeah it's actually quite quite a decent day and we did, yeah. we did a couple of young lads out uh, to visit and play as well yes that's right uh, and dog walkers so yes. we've had a lot to do yes and so the course here um it was formed 25 years ago by golf enthusiasts and has improved gradually over the years and so the next year we do hope to have a 25th anniversary um, probably at the beginning of the season uh, early summer so I hope you we, we can welcome you back then to come and join in our celebrations and have a play with us then I certainly will, I'll look forward to that Pat yeah. and like I said, uh, Pat's gave me a, a lovely presentation ball today that uh, I'm not going to use until I can actually play but I've, uh, I'll come back next year and hopefully take part in some of the 25th celebrations and use my ball Yes. Uh, for that, but I'll look forward to that, uh-huh. Good. Pat, and Good. Thank, thank you so much for coming out with me today and uh, again giving me a few pointers and uh, yeah, uh, Pat coaches the juniors here as well. So. Yes, yes we do, um, I'm assistant coach to Mary Phillips who's our uh, main coach and we managed this year to have uh, and as in most years Mary has offered coaching to the Easdale Primary School uh, but unfortunately we only managed a few Tuesday mornings in February and then one in March before Covid restrictions set in and unfortunately we couldn't carry on with the primary children however over the summer we've managed to have um, maintain our junior membership at 15 members which was actually an increase from almost double our junior membership but we haven't had managed to have regular coaching sessions apart from in a group to begin with. But we are now able to do to coach, and we've had three juniors continued from the summer on a weekly basis, weather permitting. And now in the summer, in the summer on a weekly basis, and now in the, in the winter months, we're hoping we are uh, doing weekly Sunday afternoon coaching for an hour with three of the juniors from the school. That, that's great. Do, do you think the success of Bob McIntyre's kind of helped, uh, you know, got, helped the young ones get yes, taken interest? Absolutely, in because um, our last session three weeks ago, or the one we had three weeks ago, we were late starting because of the um, watching the end of the his uh, win. So that was a great uh, inspiration to them to come and play again in the course. And I would think all um, youngsters, not only in Argyll but in Scotland, would, would be inspired and the UK by uh, Bob McIntyre. Mm. 
Definitely. So it, it would be good, in fact, if he was willing to perhaps speak to some of the children at some point, or if you could do an Argyle-wide or maybe based in Oban or wherever he would like to encourage the juniors. I think they would be uh, very enthusiastic about meeting him and just seeing him give a, a, a demonstration of something on his or talk, and talk about his life uh, oh. in the golf world. But I'm sure it would appeal to adults too. But yeah, I think everybody. Uh, I'm sure for him I'm to sure decide he, when he's got time. He's a busy man. I'm sure he will because we all know his heart's really in open and yes. he loves the area. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he'd uh, enjoy meeting up with the kids as much as he'd enjoy meeting him. So, so anyway, we're the other thing that's exciting is that as part of Scottish Golf, we're part of their digital management system and. We'll be going online next year, so hopefully people um, are not only our own members, but visitors will be able to book online. And our, all our handicaps will be managed online, and uh, that should help once we uh, get sorted out with Scottish Golf, which is not quite yet up and running, because they've been on furlough, part of them have been on furlough, and things just haven't happened quite as quickly as we would have hoped to. Mm -hmm. But it will get there. Uh, but as, at the moment, as you can see, we're not too overrun and people, visitors are very welcome at any time and we have uh, summer holiday visitors joining in in our competitions in the summer. They're always welcome to come and join in, regardless of, of ability. Um, to play in the competition, of course, they would have to have a handicap of 36 and under. Right. Um, it, it's fine to have a handicap of over 36, but I think the course would be quite difficult for them to join in a competition. It is, yeah. I know. I know it starts to do those. But uh, we could, we, but, in, but from thirty-six to fifty-four, they might manage the red, the blue tees, yeah. which um, I was showing you this morning, oh, which makes great. it possible to hit across the sea and hit across the quarries. And you can always have a shot at hitting across the sea if you want. Uh, that was right. telling me that there's a fun tee here that, you know, some of the men and also some of the some of the more powerful <laughs> ladies uh, try to hit, hit it down along the, the shore side. on the sixth. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well. Pat, thanks very much once well, it's again. It's been a great pleasure time. having you, <laughs> and I look forward to seeing you next year as we talked about our 25th celebrations. Okay, thank you very much. Right, thank you. Well, it sounds like a really quirky course. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a course there, Fiona, to be honest. Yeah, neither did I, and I've been down there loads of times, but you kind of uh, just turn off where the shops are just as you go into Ellenbeck and. Uh, it's it's along that road, but it's absolutely fantastic. Do get yourself down if you get a chance. Oh, I, I take it it's a nine-hole course. It's not an eighteen-hole course. Yeah, it's a nine-nine-hole yeah. uh, course, and it's split uh, four and three either side of the either side of the sea with a little bridges going across. But so you're spanning the Atlantic while you play the course. Yeah, you, you definitely are. Yes. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking so, of a wee open times open here for the employees. Ah, oh, listen, I think that sounds like a tremendous course. And I tell you what else I was very impressed with, for only having 62 members, 15 juniors. That's a hell of a percentage of juniors, so they're doing something right. They are, and they've got, I think there's three, three of them coaching down there now. Uh, they're very big on the coaching, and kids seem to like it. And like Pat said... You know, that's a lot of that's thanks to Bob this year because uh, they're just so excited about yeah. him and yeah, uh, yeah so well, that's definitely going on my bucket list. I definitely want to play there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I'll go back once I can uh, 
hit far enough to make sure my, my balls are not going to land in the water. Yeah, I, I have nothing further to add on that, Fiona, at all. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to not add anything, you can email us at bobcast at opentimes.co.uk. It's nearly Christmas, folks. And we see that, Stevie, because unlike our listeners, we can actually see you in your Christmas jumper. Have, have you got one for every day in December? I wish. I wish. <laughs> There's a lot of washing going on here. But I, I've been doing some virtual shopping because I know you both love golf. I know yeah. you're both not too keen on my uh, science fiction and NASA inserts wherever I can. But I've found, I found some lovely, a lovely present for the pair of you. Our listeners can't see Fiona actually burying her head in her hands at the moment. <laughs> well, I have found a set of golf covers. Have you found a set of teeth? set of balls <laughs> and a divot tool, all based on Star Trek. So you've got lovely red, yellow and blue covers and same for the balls. And I just okay. thought the perfect present because I could guarantee the pair of you would wander around with that on your golf equipment, on your respective golf courses. Right. I'll just would we, be... I, yeah, would we, Stevie? <laughs> I worry a wee bit about... If, the... I turned up, if I turned up at my golf club with a set of Star Trek head covers, I would be... Well, I'd possibly be sin-dyed from the golf club. I do like the divot tool, though. That's quite neat in the shape of the Starship Enterprise. I mean, I'm not a Trekkie because I've got a life, Stevie, but, um, you know, that that is quite cool. I have to say, I quite like that. So if you do want to buy me that, I'll take that. I'll, I'll, put, the, uh, I'll put the images up with our, with our smiling faces just for the listener to, to judge. What are you getting me, guys? What golf-related things? Or so maybe I should say, Fiona, what are you getting me and Keith golf-related for Christmas virtually? <laughs> I do wish I'd read this running order before I came on here. <laughs> <'Cause>, um, <laughs> uh, Golf-related items. Um, I don't know. A flask? <laughs> a packet of sandwiches? A sandwich holder? That suits <laughs> me. You're letting Stevie's drink problem out of the, the bag here. You know, no one's supposed to know about that. I just said a flask. I was thinking a cocoa or Horlicks or something like that. Okay. I, I see. I saw Stevie get really excited about it, so he thought hip flask. No, no, I was thinking tea. <laughs> so Keith, what, what are you going to buy me and Fiona golf related for Christmas? Well, I, th I think Stevie, uh, seeing your uh, your selection of Christmas jumpers, I might get you some decent golf jumpers just so I never have to look at Rudolph again. Um, for for Fiona, there's only one present for Fiona, and that's a 53 handicap on her 53rd birthday. Which again, we've almost got to the end of the the Bobcast and not mentioned Fiona's upcoming 53rd birthday. But mm. a 53 handicap wrapped up in a bow would be really nice. Oh, lovely! Well, when's my 53rd birthday again, Keith? Oh, it's sometime next year. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <In> 2021. <laughs> Yeah. Is it June or is it July? I can never remember. The end of June. End of June. There the end of June. Well, that's us at the end of our second season of Bobcast. That's hard to believe as well. But there is, you go. Yeah. Not much to say apart from well done, Bob. Well yes. done. Yeah. Very well done, Bob. Um, Brilliant. Inspirational stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So sending you the best for Christmas, Bob. And 
uh, January he begins again, does it, Keith? Yeah, the schedule's not out yet, but I saw he mentioned playing in Qatar in January, so they, they must have they must have had an advanced notice of the, the schedule. I think it comes out at some point today. So it's generally there's some tournaments in the in the Middle East uh, at the beginning of January, February. So I would imagine that'll be the same COVID uh, restrictions permitting. Well, I'll tell you guys, Keith, what you can get me for Christmas then, a Sky subscription for Sky Sports so I can watch all these. Oh, no, 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 Fiona. Silent. Hang hang fire a minute. The last (laughs) podcast we did, you absolutely destroyed me because I had a Sky subscription and a Power Caddy, and apparently that made me Prince Charles. So... (laughs) And now you are saying you want to be nouveau riche and get, get a Sky subscription. No, no, you stick to your council teller. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll watch Bob and see facts. See facts. Well, that's us for the second season of the Bobcast in a year which has seen frustration and triumph, caveats and COVID's highs, lows, and silly questions from me in between. We wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And until the next time in the Bobcast, it's goodbye from me, Stephen Day. Goodbye from me, Keith McIntyre, and a Happy Christmas to our listener. (laughs) Goodbye from me, Fiona Scott. Merry Christmas. The Bobcast was presented by Stephen Day, Keith McIntyre and Fiona Scott. The editor was Stephen Day, and it was a Wivex Media production for The Open Times. You can contact the programme by emailing bobcast at opentimes.co.uk.